You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Well, how many of you um, enjoyed yourself yesterday with all of the snow, all of the good stuff? Um, How many of you are nursing any injuries from acting like you're 12 years old again when you're not at all? No, no, but one person in the back. Okay, yeah. Um, it, It looked like it was a lot of fun. I myself did not get in to the snow, or out into the snow, I should say, Um, and there's a very good reason for that, and that's because I'm from Hawaii, (laughs) and so we don't do snow, it was like, um, I I was like a scared little schoolgirl, crawled up, going, what's going on outside, (laughs) I found out real quickly though, um, within a day and a half, I became a full-fledged addict. I could not go 10 minutes without sweats and shakes, without checking my weather app. How many of you were glued to the Weather Channel app on your phone or something similar, like looking at the radar and what was going on? Like I was checking it out, finding out if it was snowing. Um, we got 12 windows, but I, I wanted to see it on this, not just look outside. And, um, and, and so I was like, how long is it going to last? And when's it going to move on? And, and, and just pretty much... Am I, the real question I was trying to get to was, was, am I going to die? Do I have enough bread and water not to die? Bread and milk, and um, I just needed to make sure. I, they ran out of bread, milk, and snow shovels, I found out, Saturday morning when I was out looking around. Because I was trying, I, again, I'm one of those guys that's from Hawaii. What do I know about snow? I just figured we'd get up in the morning and drive. And, um, and, and, and that's interesting where I live, driving. How many of you guys went sideways a little bit in your driving? How many of you guys were just smart enough not to drive yesterday? Let's put it that Yeah, I don't like you. <clears throat> uh, I was not. I tried it, and it was, it, was, it was bad. So I was spending a lot of time with Siri this weekend. How many of you guys have Siri or something like that on your phone? where you can ask it questions and it can save your life. You guys do that at all? Um, I found out that as great as Siri is, um, sometimes it can't answer the questions that I want answered. I'm going to see if this works this morning. It didn't because my, my question was this yesterday. Hey, Siri, am I going to die without bread and milk? And the answer is, I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) Um, Siri is great with some things, but other things, not so much. Um, I can ask it for directions when I get lost somewhere. Um, I do that uh, often. I like to go driving with my wife from time to time. And and, and we get, have you ever done that before? Like you're just driving and you look around and you don't know where you're at. You have no idea how you got where you are. That happens to me all the time because... I grew up on an island. There's one road that goes in circles. So you pretty much know where you're at. Over here, there's just so many side roads and back roads. And so I'll call, I'll ask Siri, where am I? Get me home. And it'll, it'll take me home. But there's some things that I can ask Siri that it, it can't help me with at all. Um, let's say that you are a, um, uh, in your 20s and, and you've been dating someone for a while and, and you're like, should I marry this person? And, and if you ask Siri, is Siri going to tell you what to do? The answer is no, it's not going to. Or if you want to pursue a, a change in your career, um, will Siri give you those kind of answers? No, of course not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't know. Um, Siri's not your friend. It's not your friend. Anytime you have to pay a monthly bill to maintain a relationship, 
you know it's not a friend. Right? But thankfully, this morning, and, 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 and we know this, is that we do have a friend. And I, and I hope when I say this that this maybe causes you to pause for a second because it, it takes my breath away from time to time. We say things so often and so easily that we lose the depth of what we say sometimes. God calls you his friend. Think about that. He calls you his friend. I, <clears throat> see, I get the whole you are God thing i can and 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 i am his servant i i get that word picture right because he's up here i'm i'm here and that but yet when he says i am your friend think about the implications of that that when god sees you when he looks at you he sees a friend what are some of the emotions that, that would conjure up for you? Or, or put it this way, when you haven't seen a friend in a while, and you're reunited, what kind of feelings are there? There's nostalgia, isn't there? There's the reflection of old times. There's, there's joy. There's, there's all of these emotions. And God sees you as a friend. Look at what it says here in John chapter 15, verses 13 through 15 says that greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's what? Friends. You are my what? Friends. If you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. How many of you know if, if Jesus uses a word, a word three times in that short of a period, he's really trying to get something to you? That you are his friend. And as a friend, he has made himself known to you. Those, those questions in life that Siri can't answer, your friend can. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about frequency and our ability and our desire to be able to hear God for ourselves. More importantly than our desire to hear God for ourselves, it's His desire that He would speak to you. His heart's desire is that He would be known by you personally. Last week, we talked a little bit about how God wants to make that a personal revelation to you, His voice personal to you. That you, you don't have to, to hear it from through somebody else. And that God wants to speak to you personally. That we know that God didn't just speak in Bible times, but He speaks today. And when we know those things, we can live with an expectation that God is wanting to do it in your life today as well. In your notes, you can write this down. It says, God speaks to us because He wants us to be His friends. And God designed us to communicate with Him on a personal level in a personal way. Personal. Personal. God is desiring to interact with you, to have a relationship with you. And it's something you can avail yourself of every day. Can I ask you something? Do you live with a daily recognition, a daily acknowledgement that God wants to speak to you at the very moment that you're in? in the very place that you're in, in the very situation that you're in, that God desires to truly speak to you. If we live with an expectation that God is wanting to speak and is going to speak, I wonder how that would change some of the emotions that we face. 
Would I live in fear? Would I live in worry? Would I live in doubt? Would I live in frustration if I knew that the King of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, was desiring to speak into my life at that moment? What would that look like to me? How would that change my perspective of where I'm at? I I think, personally, if I lived my life with that kind of expectation, it would change my direction. I believe that if I live with that kind of expectation, it would deal with my emotions. I think that if I live with that kind of expectation, the supernatural would occur around me. Uh, Turn in your Bibles, if you would, this morning to the book of James, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. James, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. If you don't have your Bible, we have it on the PowerPoint, but I I would also um, encourage you, if you don't have your Bible and you've got, again, if you're an app addict like I am, you may have the Bible app on, on there. Whatever way that you would read, I would ask you to, to use it because I would hope that you would be able to, if you're, if you're this kind of a person, underline, highlight, do some stuff. Um, it's great to highlight and underscore and do those things in your Bible because then a year from now, two years from now, you can see what was written and spoken to you at that time and you can come back to it. And I think that there's some things that God would want to speak to you this morning. Here in in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, we just got done saying God wants to speak to you personally. And I think in this moment right here, God wants to use this to speak to you. Starting in verse 5 this morning, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask Siri. No, not at all. You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Let's stop for a moment and and let how profound that verse is really sink in. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, how many of you would say from time to time you lack wisdom and how to deal with some of life's things? Wives, don't raise your husband's hands for them. (laughs) Sometimes we don't do. But, but, But we all do, right? There's times where we lack wisdom. And so if... He then goes into the then. If you lack it, then what? Ask God. Ask Him. Can I ask you, is that your very first response to situations that you're dealing with? Is to go to God? Or, or how many of you run to Google first? Or, 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 or you get on the phone or you text. Uh, what, what, is God your first line of defense? In the situations that you're facing, do you chase after to hear the voice of God for yourself if you're lacking wisdom? And when you're lacking wisdom, please don't infer that, 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 that you're, um, you're, you're, you're dumb. <laughs> you're not intelligent. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a moment in time where we just don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know what our future holds. And he says, ask me. And if you ask me, I'm going to give you wisdom um, sparingly. I'll give you just a little bit. No, that's not what he says, right? Somebody should have said, you're wrong there. (laughs) You didn't say that. What does he say? I will give it to you generously. That means, um, let me me put it in in the Greek, a lot. (laughs) It's not really the Greek. That was... A bad joke. Never mind. He wants to give you a lot of wisdom. He wants to speak to you abundantly. 
How many of you would love to say that, that God, or have you, how many of you would like to see God give you wisdom and abundance for what you're facing? Have you asked him? Have you asked him? Um, he said you should ask God, um, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask... You must, not, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. What he's saying is, believe. Believe. Believe in the fact that I have a relationship with you. That I truly mean what I say, that I love you. So when you're asking me for something, live, with such, uh, live in such a way that you have an expectation that God is going to move on your behalf and speak into your circumstances. Not, not question, not wonder. God, are you going to show up? God, are you going to speak to my hurts? God, are you going to speak to my indecision? God, are you going to speak to my fears? We, when we ask, we're asking in such a way that says, God, I know you're going to show up. God, I know that you're going to speak to me. God, I know that you're going to come to my defense. It's not a fear. It's not a doubt. It says, he says, speak to me and I will speak to you and I will show up. How many of you need him to show up this morning? How many need him to show up? Listen, if we're going to have him show up and we're desiring for him to show up, then we've got to believe he's wanting to. We're not going to doubt that. Uh, so what, what do we do with this? How, how do we know, see how God speaks to us? Well, we got a diagram up here I want you guys to see. It's been um, my experience that God typically speaks to me and to others through um, three, three ways. Three ways. Um, I don't know how many of you guys can see that, but in the center is God's voice. We want to hear God's voice, right? Okay, two of you. Thank you. I will preach for an hour until I get... I, Trust me, I'm neurotically insecure. The more that you speak back, the better we are. Okay, so God's voice, God's voice is the center of what we're wanting, right? And so there's three ways that God typically will speak to people. First is circumstances. God can speak to you through your circumstances. Um, the book of Jonah is a great, great um, example of that. God spoke to Jonah through the circumstances in his life. Acts chapter 16 is a fantastic uh, a picture of this too. Paul is being called to go into Macedonia by the Macedonian man. And, and he and his traveling companion are moving. And, and it says here in, John, in Acts chapter 16, but the Holy Spirit prevented them from entering into a, a region. How many of you have ever um, felt like you're supposed to do something, but door after door after door keeps getting closed? Anybody ever been there before? Okay, what about the flip side for the other half of you? How many of you felt like you were supposed to do something and supernaturally doors were opening, provision was opening? It's like, wow, green light here. God can speak to us through circumstances like that. A second way that God will speak to us is through people. God can speak to us through people. Now, remember, I've given you the warning already. You need no intermediary. You need no one to be the voice of God for you. God wants to speak to you personally. You don't have to have a pastor. You don't have to have uh, whoever it may be for God to speak to you. No, God wants to speak to you personally. Now, on the flip side of that coin, how many of you know, though, God oftentimes will use people to speak into your life, right? They're called wives. <laughs> they will speak into your life, trust me. 
the, the, the flip side of that too is, is wives are called husbands. Um, if you're married, let me, let me, can, can I just kind of give a sidebar here? One of the most profound prophetic voices of the Holy Spirit in my life has been my wife. Now, if I'm going to be wise, I will give ear to her. Why? Because of this, we are one. God has taken me and her, and with a cord of three strands, we've been interwoven together in a supernatural way, and we're on the same team. And if I want to really sense that God is doing something, oftentimes my wife is that voice of confirmation in my life, and I'd be a fool not to listen to it. I'd be a fool not to listen. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you'll be counted among the wise. How would you like to have that on your tombstone? Here lies a wise person. He listened to his wife. No, I'm not going to say that. But here lies a wise person. Why? Why was I wise? Because I allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to me, not just through circumstances, but through people as well. So the third one is revelation. God will speak to us through revelation. Isaiah 30, 21. It's not in your notes. Write this down. I want you to go home, underline that, um, highlight it, um, I almost said get a tattoo of it. Don't do that. There's, there's youth in here and I can get in trouble with your parents. I say at 3021, hear this. Your own ears will hear him. Behind you, you will hear a voice saying, this is the way, go in it. Whether to the, you hear from, to turn to the left or to the right. Oh gosh darn it, that was so good. I'm going to say it a little bit again. Your own ears will hear a voice behind you, Isaiah 30, 21. Your own ears will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Listen, God wants to speak revelation into your life. You know what I found too? Oftentimes when God wants to speak to me, he sometimes uses all three at once. Circumstance, people, and revelation. Beverly and I were um, in a church, great church. I was an associate pastor at that time. Uh, but we were sensing revelation. We were sensing within us that a change needed to happen. Revelation. We, we drove from Vegas up to Canada because Canada is where you hear God the best because um, you're about to die from the cold. That's where you... So we're up in Canada and we're just praying together, right? So revelation... I talked to Bev, she talked to me, and she says, I'm, I'm sensing that this is a move we're supposed to make. Revelation and, and, and people, right? there, are two areas. And so how many of you know change is scary sometimes? All right, routine, um, financial, you know, peace, everything else that you have. And, and so, but we felt this is what God was calling us to do. We were going to go home, we were going to go to Vegas, we were going to inform our boss that, you know, we were going to step out in faith and go pastor a church. And we got back, true story. 15 minutes outside of Las Vegas, my phone rings, and it's my boss. And he says, Jeremy, there's a church that's just up the street from where you live. I want you to go by there and go take a peek at it. And he goes, and I want you to pray. I think God is calling you to go pastor that church. Revelation, people, circumstances, all at once. Do you know what peace that gave me when we accepted that position? Because we had had confirmation of the voice of the Lord in so many different ways. Now, let me make this important, important point. 
if you have people speaking into your life prophetically, if you have revelation that God would speak to you, inside of you, and if there's circumstances going on, all three of those things must be undergirded by the word of God. If you can see it up there, you'll see that all three of those areas in the God's voice, it is surrounded by the word of God. Well, what do you mean by that, Jeremy? What I mean is this, is if God is speaking revelation into your heart, it will be confirmed by the word of God. If circumstances are speaking to you, it will be confirmed by the word of God. If people are speaking prophetically into your voice, into your life, it will be confirmed by the word. Say it will be confirmed by the word of God. It's that important. You need to know this. It will be confirmed by the word of God. Because I have had some things happen. People come to me saying, God told me such and such and such. And I knew without doubt God had not said that because it contradicted this. I had individuals who said, um, married individuals who have come into my office, full sincerity, saying God has brought another woman into my life. I'm supposed to leave my wife and marry her. God told me to. And I said, I'm surprised that she hasn't killed you yet. <laughs> She's, you're going to hear God up close and personal in a minute. But was I able to tell him, absolutely not, God did not tell you that? I could. You know why? Because it contradicted the word of God. I am so thankful that our God is not schizophrenic. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. John chapter 1 tells us and equates Jesus to being the word of God. So if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then can't we say that the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Listen, whatever anybody may ever speak into your life, and I don't care who it is, whoever may speak anything into your life and say, God told me to tell you this, if you can't also have it confirmed in here, then you don't listen. Raise your hand if you heard that one. Okay, this is our ultimate, ultimate truth. Isaiah, chapter, well, I, li- I already read Isaiah 30, 21. I liked it so much, I almost did it again. Um, Proverbs 19, 20. Nope, that wasn't it either. I totally missed my place. Can you believe I did that? Psalm 119, 105. There we go. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light into my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. So how do we align ourselves? Let's wrap this up. How do we align ourselves to hear God's word clearly in our lives? Number one is this, is to meditate on God's word. Just what we've been talking about. Meditate on his word. The second thing is this, engage in worship. Engage in worship. Let me tell you something. There is something of a supernatural that transpires in the midst of worship. And I'm not just talking um, corporate worship like we got to enjoy this morning. How many know God will speak to us in private worship, individual worship as well? There'll be times where I'm driving down the street and and I'll just be worshiping and I'll just be praising him. I mean, both hands up and my no, because I got to have one on the wheel. Okay, one hand up and I'm worshiping. And and in that moment of worship that the Holy Spirit would deposit some truth into my life. 
Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a word saying I see you and I love you. Maybe it's a word that I needed for, for a situation I'm facing. But I know this. As I worship God, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting him in his rightful place. I am, I am confirming his authority in my life. I am confirming his position in my life. I am confirming that he is Lord. And if he is Lord and he is friend and he is God and he is the lover of my soul, oftentimes I know that God is going to speak to me since I am all those things to him. And it happens in worship. The third thing we can do to get ourselves in alignment is you've got to create time to listen. You've got to create time to listen. We've got to meditate on God's word. Yes, we've got to worship. But how many of you know life loves to steal your time? Have you ever at the end of a day said, wow, I had more hours than I needed in this day? You ever come to the end of a week and said, wow, I had more days than I needed in this? How many times have you felt in your life there just weren't enough hours in the day to get everything you wanted done done? And so what often happens is the very last one who gets what they deserve is our time with God. Because we're so busy spending our time taking care of everything else. And yet it should be the first thing that we give. Not just as a way of worshiping Him, but as a way of positioning ourselves to hear His voice. we got to meditate on the Word of God. we got to spend time in worship, but we got to create time to listen. Psalm 46.10 Be still. Say that to somebody this morning. Be still. And know. That's an important word. And know. Be still. But don't you doubt. Be still and don't, don't you question. Be still and know that you know that you know that you know that I am God. Because when you know that, that's power. You can walk in confidence. So I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And I believe the Lord would say to you this morning, and I want to be exalted in your life. I want to be exalted in your life. Create time to listen. Number four, I'm going to get you out of here. Practice the discipline of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. It aligns us supernaturally to the Lord. I love that we spend the first part of January every single year, well, for the last 10 years of Grace Covenant, going through a time of prayer and fasting. Here's my challenge to you this morning. It's this. We are quick i would say as a whole to spend time in the word of god we're good at that we're quick to worship too can i ask you how quick you are to put fasting as a continual discipline in your life how how do you do in that area it's a discipline that jesus expects us to continue to walk in matthew chapter 6 There's three subjects that Jesus talks about. In the first few verses, Jesus talks about the needy. And he says, and when you give to the needy, say, and when you. Isn't that an expectation that that's something we would do? Okay. So, and and when you give to the needy, then he gives us a list of of things that we need, how, how we do that. Then he moves on to another area. He talks about prayer. And he says, and when you pray, pray like this. And then he goes into the Lord's prayer. When you, an expectation that we would continue to pray, right? The third area that he talks about, he goes, and when you fast, and expectation that we would continue as believers to engage in the discipline of fasting. Why? Because God likes to see you hungry? No. 
Because there again is an alignment. An alignment with the Holy Spirit that at the supernatural occurs when we deprive ourselves and says, and we say, just as Jesus said, that man will not live on bread alone, but by every word. When, when we're hunger, and we take that, that, that natural hunger and we substitute it for a spiritual hunger for God to move on our part, for God to be worshipped and, 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 and elevated in our lives, there's something supernatural that happens and that's why we go into this time of prayer and fasting. Listen, I'm, I'm asking as, a, as, as corporately that we enter into this time of prayer and fasting because I want, I want to see God move in Grace Covenant East Lincoln. I want to see the supernatural occur on our campus. But I also want this. I want individual, individual fasting to occur because I want to see an incredible breakthrough for you too. Whether that incredible breakthrough just means closer in intimacy in your walk with God, that's fantastic. Or maybe it's another area that he would have open up to you. But listen to me this morning. You've got to align yourself. You've got to align yourself. It was um, in, 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 in 19... Let me see if I want to make sure. Yeah, 1936... In the Berlin um, Olympic Games, where they first started doing the lighting of the torch. How many of you guys have seen that Olympics? So it runs across the, the country, right? And, and lights that torch, and the big old fire comes up. I didn't realize this, but there was an actual Olympic sport way back in history that had that very premise. It wasn't if you ran the fastest. The winner was the one who could complete the race the quickest, but still have their torch burning. Still have their torch burning in this race. I say that for this, and I'm going to end here. I will, I will meditate on God's word. I will enter into worship. I will make time for him, and I'll go into prayer and fasting. You know what? I'll do all four of those things with no problem. When my passion is lit and I'm on fire for him. Those, all those four things that we talked about, you know what they are? They're a byproduct of a life that is lived passionately for Jesus. If I'm passionate for God, I'm passionate for who he is in my life, I can't wait to get into his word. I can't wait to drop to my knees in worship. I, shoot, I can't even wait to deny myself some good nachos. And I like nachos. Why? Because I'm passionate about him. Here, I'm going to leave you with this one last thing. If you have found that your passion has kind of dropped, if you're feeling like all of these disciplines that we've talked about are just disciplines and they're hard to do and they're they're, they're tough to, to get inspired to do it, let me ask you something this morning. How is your personal passion for the presence of Jesus in your life today? How passionate are you? How passionate are you? How passionate are you for Jesus? And if your answer, because there's seasons, if your answer this morning is it's not passionate enough, I want to fix it. I got a simple fix for that. Remember who you were and where you were before he showed up in your life. Remember your brokenness. Go back there. Go back there. Go back to your, your isolation and your separation, your addictions, your hurts. Go back there 
and remember the moment Jesus removed all that as far as the east is from the west and then tell me you're not passionate for him again. So my prayer this morning, Lord, for all of us is this. Restore the joy of our salvation. Holy Spirit, what I pray is this, is that you would speak to each of us as you desire to do so. I pray we would be a people moved by passion, positioning ourselves in alignment with you that we might hear clearly your voice. God, I pray that for everybody in here. And Lord, I pray that as you speak, we would have the courage to hear, the strength to respond, the discipline, Lord God, to be moved and directed by you. For you are worthy. You are good. And all God's people said, Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.